Lights, camera, action. When a script is written that is so bad, no one will film it. These brave podcasters will bring it to life just so they can mock it. This is Table Reads. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Table Reads with Sean McBee, Jeff Lewis, and Joshua Baker. Hey, we're back again for more Table Reads. Aren't you excited? Uh, we're here reading Bill and Ted's friggin' badass reboot from 2007, taking place in 2008. Gentlemen, how are you doing? I am fantastic. Super, super good, man. Some would say excellent. Most excellent. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, How are you, Sean? I'm sniffly still because it's been five minutes since the last episode and I'm not (laughs) less sniffly. (laughs) You ruined everything. Magic. There's magic of the internet. It's time travel. Wow. Yeah. No ah, way. Tying wow. it all together. You see how I do? Timing. All right. Um, let's jump in, guys. What do you say? Let's do it. Previously on Table Reads. Bill and Ted have been rebooted as high school sophomores in 2008. They're basically carbon copies of the Bill and Ted we all know and know, but their band is called Atomic Gorilla instead of Wild Stallions, and they have a handshake instead of Widdly Widdly Widdly, and instead of encouraging everyone to be excellent to each other, they remind everyone to be homies. In danger of failing 10th grade, their principal makes them a deal that is honestly the least realistic part of this entire conceit. If they can give a presentation on everything they've learned in their high school year, he'll let them pass. So, Ted won't have to go live with his Uncle Gustav in Germany, Bill won't have to be a candy striper with his hot stepmom, and Atomic Gorilla will go on to inspire the world, creating a future utopia with what appears to be an avocado-based economy. The future was revealed to them by Rufus, a time traveler from the future, who gives them a smartphone that apparently has a time travel app, which is meant to help them pass the 10th grade by getting all the information from the horse's mouth, which seems like it could be helpful for history, but maybe a little less helpful with, say, math? When we left off, they had traveled back to 1500-ish Mexico and escaped back into the time stream with Hernando Cortez, narrowly avoiding being murdered by Aztecs and or conquistadors. Fade in. I also made a note for myself on my laptop that says avocado-based economy and then three question marks. And then, <laughs> and then below it, it says how to. All you got to do is look at California, man. (laughs) Exterior, Ted's driveway, continuous, late Friday night. Bill, Ted, and Cortez appear. Ted places Cortez on the ground and catches his breath as he and Bill sit down on the curb. Oh, my bad. Are you good? A lot of reading. He looks sweet when he's sleeping. You think he's just sleeping? I mean, you hit him pretty hard. What if he's 
He's not dead, right? Crap. What if I just killed hit? I just killed history. <laughs> Ted leans down and places his ear to Cortez's mouth. Wait, I can hear him breathing. Ted slaps him slightly. Nothing. A few more times. Nothing. Come on, man. Don't die on us. A few more slaps. There are signs of life. Bill, he needs nourishment. Right. Bill pulls a polio string cheese from his pocket. He peels a piece and leans down to feed it to Cortez. Bill lifts Cortez's head and opens his mouth and jaw to help him out. There you go. Mmm. Eat. Nom nom. Cortez slowly chews the polio. He <laughs> smiles. Queso. Polio. <laughs> Queso. <laughs> Bill's eyes go wide as he drops Cortez's head back to the pavement He's out cold Bill Bill grabs Ted by the shoulders This is perfect What? Don't you see? Cortez, he speaks Mexican, right? Yeah Queso is polio Polio is queso Oh Right So basically, we just learned something for Spanish without even being in class. (laughs) See? And remember our fifth grade presentation on teeth? Of course. We were awesome. And Miss Clarson totally gave us tons of extra points because we brought in that giant ceramic mouth from my dentist cousin, Jeffrey. Right! Cortez is our giant ceramic mouth! Best line of the script so far. (laughs) A brand brand new sentence. (laughs) Ted looks at Cortez, who is passed out with polio sticking out of his mouth. Uh Uh-huh. We use him as a visual aid. We get a whole bunch of experts and bring them to school. We use them to help us pass. Oh. So we get, like... A science expert, a math expert, an art expert, uh... Yes, all of them. Every subject. Bill, you always have the best plans. Quick, let's take him inside. He's definitely in no shape to travel. So I was like, how are they going to use time travel to solve math? And they came up with a plan. I got to give it to them. (laughs) Don't get a math expert. The guys struggle to pick up his limp body. Interior, Chip's bedroom, later that night. Chip is at his computer on Facebook. It's so new that it's in quotations. the Facebook. Over the following... Over the following, Bill tucks the passed-out Cortez into Chip's bed, taking off his shoes and socks. Wait. What ha- Did we miss some pages? I don't know. He's no shape to travel. They stick up his limp body, and now he's back in normal time. They, they were always in normal time. We started in their driveway. That's where yeah. they landed when they came from. They the- ran away from Cortez's 
Oh, I, I missed the thing. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> yeah, they were they were they had like the conquistadors and the Aztecs, and they just like hit send on the phone. Okay, All right. and took them yeah. into the time stream, and they landed in Ted's driveway or Bill's driveway. One of their driveways is where we started. Uh, taking off his shoes and socks. Right? <clears throat> no way. I'm busy. I have to write like eight on like eight people's walls. And I don't want to babysit this guy. Why are you tucking him into my bed? Dude! Look, you should be honored. He's like a celebrity. We just need to hang out with him for a little while. And feed him cheese. What are you offering? Something you simply cannot afford to refuse. 20 bucks. 25. 30. 35. 40 and two fish tacos. Deal. Hold on. You're a monster. <laughs> Bill and Ted were... were Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's funny. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> they were driving the price up. They, they, were, they were bidding against each other, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Chip smiles as Ted begrudgingly pulls out a wad of cash and slaps it in his hand. Bill. Jeff. I just said it. Oh, we didn't hear it. Oh, okay, sorry. Thanks, Chip. You won't regret it. Yeah, that's weird. We didn't hear anything. Oh, yeah, that's said the whole thing. Okay. Ted and Bill exit as Chip looks at Cortez drooling all over his pillow. It's like a lake. Chip is irritated. Exterior, Ted's driveway, a little later. Ted scrolls through the cell phone as Bill looks at Baumheiser's list of requirements. They're kind of asking a lot for 10th grade. Well, you can cross Spanish off. Right. Spanish is donezo. I'm just seeing if anyone fits. Never heard of him. No idea. Ditto. No clue. Oh, nice. This dude is perfect for global studies. Okay, so I've just realized as he's saying that like he doesn't know who these people are, my brain went, he should he should Google them. And then I went, Oh, that's why Bill and Ted doesn't work in this time period. Yeah. Their entire adventure can be replaced by Google. Wikipedia. There you go. You're right. So oops. I wonder if you don't internet. I wonder if someone at the studio got to page 32 and went, oh shit, this could just be Bill and Ted's Google adventure. This is pointless. Shut it down. <laughs> yeah, for, for the bit, for the art. <laughs> no, no, not truth. We're not doing this movie anymore. <laughs> too many, too many plot holes. Ted dials and stands next to Bill. Flash of blue light and the bubble encircles them. They're off! Exterior, Viking Village, 11th century, night. Chiron, Viking Village, 11th century, Greenland. Thoroblot's winter feast. Bill and Ted appear in the middle of a cold winter night of a Viking settlement on the coast of Greenland. It's freezing. Holy crap! It's freezing! Where are we? Sorry. Greenland, 11th century. 
I knew I should have worn pants. Who time traveled in shorts? Bill spies something off in the distance. Idea! They peer through the bushes and see a rowdy group of people drinking, singing, and dancing around a roaring fire. They see unattended clothes hanging off makeshift clotheslines. Flip two. Flip two? I've never seen flip two in a script. Exterior, Viking Village. Seconds later. Bill and Ted, now wearing fur cloaks, walk out into the party. Drunken Norse Vikings parade around. Some compete in archery and other games. A table by the fire is covered in a food spread. This is friggin' awesome. Vikings were like party animals. If Miss Gilbert had told us Eric the Red was a partier, I might have actually listened. Teachers don't know how to relate. There he is, Eric the Red. Let's not ask how they recognize Eric the Red on, like, by sight. <laughs> A tall man with a bushy red beard, Eric the Red, tells a story to an intent audience. They walk over, smiling and grunting as they pass other Vikings. They arrive at Eric's table. Eric finishes his story and everyone erupts in fanfare. (laughs) Bill and Ted follow suit. Ted leans into Bill. How do we get him to come come with us? I don't know. I'm fresh out of polio. I'm going to go get him a drink. Blend in, make nice, mingle, if you will. Good call. Ted tries and grabs Eric's cup from his hands. He makes a crude gesture, signaling he will refill it. Chugga-lugga down the hatchy? Eric nods. Ted heads off. His cloak is caught on a bush and rips off, exposing his modern-day clothes. The Vikings rise. Ted! Ted looks himself over. Oh boy. Bill runs over and takes off his cloak, wraps it around Ted. See? <laughs> Nothing. Dargar! Uh, Bill now realizes he is exposed in his modern clothes. Bill! <laughs> Ted removes the cloak and puts it back on Bill. This doesn't fix things. The Vikings grow angrier and move in closer. Who are these imposters? The guys back up slowly. They hug and try and fit under one cloak. It only looks stranger. Flip two. Exterior, Viking village, moments later. Bill and Ted, now in their street clothes, are tied up. Eric eyes them up and down. Bill tries. I'm so sorry, so sorry. Hey, Eric the Red, nice face hair. Yeah, how long did it take to cultivate? Give me six days and I could get a pretty mean neck beard. Eric grunts and signals another Viking who pulls a rope, hoisting the guys upside down. They dangle by their feet. Guys POV, Eric's upside down, they are right at his waist. Oh, man. I'm right at junk level. I know. Not think he's rocking commando. Eric and some of his men moving closer. They draw axes. Gulp. Just then, Bill's yellow smiley face ping pong ball rolls toward Eric's feet. You brought that? 
I'm not going to travel through time without my lucky ping pong ball. Eric picks it up. His eyes go wide as he smiles. I think he likes it. Bill and Ted both smile and laugh. Ball. Ping pong. Me give you. Yeah, all yours. He curiously eyes Bill. Ping pong. Ping pong. Let us down and I'll show you. Down. Eric grunts and thinks this over. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Me balls as your balls. Let us down. Come on, big guy. Eric gestures to his fellow Viking. Bill and Ted are lowered. Flip two. Exterior Viking village later that night. I hate flip two. I've never seen it. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't understand. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> flip two. Fuck you. You know what I see every time in my, in my head is uh, in the 90s, we had this uh, video uh, software, sort of software, um, called uh, Video Toaster that had like all the cheesy effects like where it would flip the, the like the transition so I'm picturing the the actual screen flipping around to the new scene oh yeah. video oh. toaster style yeah and now I'm officially old exterior Viking village later that night Bill Ted Eric and some Vikings stand around a makeshift beer pong table Two pyramids of horn, metal, and wood cups are on either side of the table, holding pints of beer. Beer pong. Beer, beer pong. pong. Very good. Now watch. Bill tosses one of the ping pong balls into a cup. Now I have to drink. Drink. Ted drinks. The Vikings nod excitedly. They're into it. Okay, let's do it. Flip two. Exterior, Viking Village, later that night. Music cue. Die with your boots on by Iron Maiden. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. We see a quick series of shots. Eric, by the way, uh, when I did the previously on, I actually wrote out Weedly, Weedly, Weedly. Eric the Red takes a shot and sinks it One of the Vikings on the other team Drinks it down as Eric's team cheers Another Viking takes a shot and makes it Eric drinks it Ted holds his hand up alongside the table Bill bounces a ball off of Ted's hand The trick shot bounces onto the table And into one of the cups The Vikings are impressed Bill and Ted do their signature handshake. Ted faces a Viking. Without looking at the table, he swings his arm over his head to toss the ball. It lands in a cup. Eric, with his back facing the table, shoots over the shoulder. It's in. He raises his arms and screams. Toad it, bitches! Perfect. Flawless. <laughs> A Viking chugs from a cup. 
another Viking tosses the ball up. And you know what that reminds me of is I, I have a friend from Sweden, and when he was visiting, he taught us all to go skål, and we have no idea what we're saying. But every time we took a drink, we went skål. I shit in your milk. Kuha en el en el leche. Hey guys. Hey guys. What? What? One second. Just don't, I don't. I don't like it when he says one second. That never means one second. It means we haven't been recording. We have not been recording, but God damn it, we've been recording the video. So I'm just gonna take the audio from the video and drop that in, and no one will notice. No one will notice. <laughs> wow! <No> wow! <laughs> and then right at this point. They're going to go, hey, this sounds a lot better suddenly. That's weird. <laughs> Count it, beaches. God damn it. A Viking chugs from a cup. Another Viking tosses the ball up into the air. As it comes down in front of his hips, he butts the ball with his ass. The ball bounces onto the table and into a cup. Impossible. Three Vikings kneel in front of the table. A Viking tosses the ball, bouncing it off each helmet. It ricochets off the last helmet and lands in a big-breasted Viking woman's cleavage. Everyone stops to look. The woman squeezes her breasts together, and the ball pops up and flies, right into a cup being held by Ted. Everyone cheers. End music cue. Yeah! Nice one, Halgerda! Ted looks down at the ball, mesmerized. He picks it out, takes a sip. He smiles at Halgerda. She smiles and winks. Bill and Ted toast. The Vikings all scream, Beer Pong! As Eric, Bill, and Ted all bump chests, beer spilling everywhere. Bill, even though this party is badass, I think we have to split. I know, Ted. I know. Eric the Rad, you coming with us? Eric hugs them as he screams. He's loving them. Gah! <laughs> I think that's a yes. He pats Eric on the shoulder. Eric smiles and waves to his men. Ted dials out, and in a flash of blue, they vanish. <laughs> Exterior, interior, Funzie's Castle Palace. Present, Saturday afternoon. So, as they're time traveling... Their relative time in the present is moving at the same amount of time that they're spending in history. Right. 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 Which makes no sense. No. But okay. I guess that's how they get around the whole idea that maybe they should just travel back a little bit and study and then come back. Yeah, they don't have time to study because then they'd have to learn things. Yeah. Music cue. Pussycat Dolls slash Spanish remixed dance music. Which? You you skipped the whole thing, I think. Oh, I did. Ho, sorry. Uh, Funzie's Castle Palace, present day Saturday afternoon. Chip and Cortez stand in front of Funzie's Castle Palace, a cheesy castle-shaped arcade, batting cages, and mini-golf. 
They enter across the moat. Chip hands Cortez a churro. He bites into it. Bliss. He devours it in one bite. Chip is repulsed and begins to walk inside. Cortez snarls at the vendor, reaches his hand behind the glass, grabs a handful of churros, and runs in after Chip. Cortez eats churro after churro as Chip leads him around the arcade. They pass tons of video games, lights blaring, noises of every sound and volume, racing games with steering wheels, motorcycles, guns, the claw machine that always rips you off. They finally arrive at the Dance Dance Revolution machine. They watch as two teens dance on the DDR machine. Cortez is fascinated. This is the Holy Grail. Time cut to Interior Funzie's Castle Palace slash Arcade. Moments later. Music cue. Pussycat Dolls slash Spanish Remix Dance Music. Both at the same nice. time, I'm guessing. Yeah. Cortez is getting down and nasty on the DDR. He is sweating like a maniac. He holds on to the back bar with one hand, spins, jumps. He's drawing a crowd. He smiles as he whips off his hat mid-dance and tosses it into the crowd. Paula, a big voluptuous 40-something, catches it. She smiles. Cortez winks at her, but doesn't miss a beat. Exterior, Egypt, 40 BC, day. Chiron, Egypt, 40 BC, hot as balls. Flash of light. The guys appear in the middle of the desert. Eric removes his thick coat. He's not as menacing without it. Good call, E. It's nasty hot. So, where do you think she is? Let's see. If I were a sexy queen, where would I be? There. Ted points to a large palace. Angle on several armed guards patrolling the entrance. I hope they have AC. Bill and Ted walk off. Eric follows. Exterior, Cleopatra's Palace slash open air market. Moments later. The guys are behind a wall. Bill and Ted stand on Eric's shoulders, peering through a small window. Angle on Cleopatra. She is hot, draped in luxury while several servants fan her. One servant kneels beside her, feeding her figs while a harpist plays softly. Ted is mesmerized by her. Damn. Ted slips, making a sound. Two guards draw their spears and move to the window. The guys hop down and run behind a pillar near the open-air market. They eye the palace entrance. That woman is fine. How are we going to get in? I don't know. Those guards are everywhere. Well, maybe we could just go talk to them, you know? Be ourselves. Angle on an Egyptian man approaching the guards, trying to get in. One of the guards stabs him with his spear. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Angle on a cook and his assistant stepping up to the entrance. The guards let them through. Bill glances over and sees a variety of instruments for sale at a nearby booth. I have an idea. Time cut to... Exterior, Cleopatra's Palace. Moments later. Bill, Ted, and Eric, now wearing short togas and laurel wreaths around their heads, each hold an instrument as they stand in front of the palace entrance. Bill has the lyre. Ted holds a flute and Eric carries a drum. 
why I get stuck with the flute? That's all we could afford. We're lucky he took quarters and change in the first place. They use like pebbles and dirt for money here. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> pebbles and dirt? <laughs> They're kind of racist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're in Egypt. Like, what the fuck? He speaks Mexican. She's hot, but man, they use like pebbles and dirt for money. <laughs> this place is gross. <laughs> I wish they had AC. <laughs> yeah, these these guys are they're the people not wearing masks. Oh. Uh, oh, I, I don't give a shit. If someone is listening and they're offended because they have decided not to wear a mask, they can fuck right off. I don't give a shit. <gasps> Wow, so I'm taking a stance. So brave. Yeah, they can't get me. I'm safe. <laughs> in my house. In Texas. <laughs> <laughs> a Florida man. <laughs> uh, the guards eye them. Bill strums a bit on the lyre. We squires hath brought a song for her majesty of the realm he bows and rolls his fingers forward Eric and Ted follow suit the guards eye them suspiciously for a beat then allow them to pass one of the guards leads them in interior Cleopatra's palace moments later the guard leads them through the palace to where Cleo is Hi, your royal hotness. Jeff froze again. Oh no, Jeff! Oh, he looks very, very, uh, like, into it. Like, yeah. Like, he's concentrating real hard. He's like, ooh. <laughs> he's concentrating. He's like, damn this latency. Uh... Yeah, you know, he's he's frozen as hell. Welcome to yep. Corona Times. While he fixes that, do you want to just continue and I'll read his parts? Let's do it. Excuse us, Miss Patra, but we know Habla, Egypt. She looks them up and down suspiciously. Bill signals the guys. They ready their instruments. There he is. Sorry about that. Technical difficulties here. We're at Bill continued right under they ready their instruments. <clears throat> check, check. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, we are Atomic Gorilla with special guest Eric the Rad. That says Red, but okay. I liked oh, them sorry. renaming him Eric the Rad. It was earlier, so I guess my brain fixed it for the rest of the script. Because it was good. It was good. Eric nods and smiles. And this is my chocolate chicken. Bill starts to stroke the lyre as he sings. <clears throat> Cover my pollo with chocolate. <laughs> Ted blows on the flute. Eric stares at his drum and shrugs. They sound pitiful. The guards raise their scimitars that they suddenly have instead of spears. 
It's a kind of loco thing when you get that bitter sting of chicken and chocolato. Chicken and chocolato. Eric, come on. Ted Mimes hitting the drum, trying to show Eric what's it. Like, I'm pretty sure they have drums. Why do I have to fucking make songs in every goddamn script that we read? I love it. This is fucking <laughs> awesome. Uh, Eric smacks a drum. Ted nods. Eric slaps the drum a few more times. He likes it. Within seconds, he's beating the drum like a pro. The guys are shocked. Eric smiles, then keeps the beat while waiting for them to continue. They call it mole. Mole, 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 mole. It makes me say ole. Mole, 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 mole. Chocolate covered meat is smooth. Chocolate meat can help your heart soothe. <laughs> Slow mo as Eric performs a killer and a attention hoggish drum solo. Cleo takes notice of his rippling muscles as he plays. She smiles and commands the guards to lower their weapons. Flip two. <laughs> Table Reads will return after this brief word from our sponsors. What's up, docs and docettes? Trevor Thompson, the self-appointed Looney Tunes critic here, and if you like old cartoons and watching online reviewers dissect them, then you probably said the same thing I did about two years ago. Hey, what the fuck? Here, watch your language, you bud. Every Saturday morning, I do a brand new commentary of a Warner Brothers short. All throughout the month, I do video essays examining the history of these cartoons. Catch my videos on youtube.com slash ferriswheelhouse2, or just use the hashtag Looney Tunes Critic. And now, here's Eric Bauza, the new voice of Bugs Bunny. You've been listening to the Looney Tunes Critic. Ain't he a stinker? Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lights, camera, action. So the movie's kaput. Which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Now, back to Table Reads. And we're back. Um, now, you guys, I think, remember the original Bill and Ted better than I do. Did the uh, historical figures not speak English in that? Or did they just, like, miraculously speak English? No, they didn't. Uh, the, that's part of the part. So instead of um, Cortez in the first one, it was Napoleon. 
Yeah, yeah it was Napoleon. Um, and he spoke nothing but French, which is a big part. Then you had like the uh, fucking uh, the Mongolian. Like he didn't speak anything. The he Hun. Just, yeah, he just knew all kinds of cool shit. Or Genghis like, Khan. Genghis Khan. Yeah, the, uh, the only one that knew English was Freud and uh, Joan of Arc. But which makes sense. And Abraham Lincoln, of course. All right, cool. So they're keeping that consistent from the original. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Though the movie is so ridiculous and so loose with history that they absolutely could just be speaking English and it wouldn't really be a detriment, I think. Yeah, but it's a funny sure. bit, though. No, no, yeah, it's good. It's funny that they don't speak English. Like, yeah. so why, I mean, why would it? But yeah, like you said, I don't know why they would take that part serious, but it, it helps, I guess, in some kind of way. Yeah. Lead I, to the, the funny piece. I dig it. Fade in. Interior. Cleopatra's bedroom. Moments later. Music cue. Walk like an Egyptian by the Bengals. Or a heavy metal version of My Chocolate Chicken. Oh. A palatial bed draped in silks moves vigorously back and forth. We see Cleo and Eric's silhouette as they get it on. Exterior, Cleopatra's bedroom, continuous. Bill and Ted, irritated, wait outside Cleo's bedroom. This is ridiculous. What are they doing in there? Um, Ted, I think we both know what they're doing in there. Well, we don't have time for this. We are on a schedule. Come on. Count it. (laughs) That's good. That's funny. (laughs) Bill laughs as Ted steams. After a beat, Eric and Cleo walk out. Cleo fixes her hair. Ted glares at Eric. A fine gentleman you turned out to be. Ted, annoyed, hands the phone to Bill. Take us somewhere where people have manners. (laughs) Bill dials. Flash of blue. Bubble. They're off. Interior. Funzie's Castle Palace Arcade. Day. Chip, with cotton candy, leads Cortez to a table. Chip passes Lucille, a cute girl. He nervously smiles. Cortez notices. They sit at the table. Chip hands Cortez his cotton candy. Gracias, Chip. Usted eres un hombre con molta pasión por un dictator como yo. De nada, muchacho. Cortez rips off pieces of his cotton candy and eats. Muy delicioso. Slow-mo as Cortez pulls out a clump of cotton candy and tosses it in the air and catches it in his mouth. He eyes Paula, wearing his hat. She walks towards him, seductively plucking her own cotton candy. Cortez ferociously bites a piece of his cotton candy off as he reaches for her hand, kissing it. Senorita. Chip watches sadly as Cortez gets up, puts his arm around Paula. Cortez stops and looks over at Lucille, snaps his fingers, points, his, points at her. Arriba! Venga aqui! Lucille looks behind her to make sure he's talking to her. 
She gets up nervously. Cortez nods towards Chip, who rises. Chip and Lucille share an awkward smile. We gonna get freaky! Cortez leads them out. Music cue, an upbeat cover of God Only Knows. Oh. And, mm, we see a montage of their fun together. Exterior, Funzie's castle, palace, batting cages, later that day. A line of people wait outside the batting cage as Paula, arms wrapped around Cortez, teaches him to bat. A man opens the gate, clearly asking them when they're going to be done. Cortez smiles at Paula, grabs the bat, and chases the man out. Interior, Funzie's castle palace, arcade. Cortez plays skee-ball. He throws a gutter ball. A few red tickets spit out of the machine. He pounds the ticket dispenser. Pissed off, he stabs his sword into the side of the metal and cuts a hole in the dispenser. He removes the entire roll of tickets and hands it to Paula, sweetly. Chip rolls his eyes and shakes his head. Exterior, Funzie's Castle Palace, miniature golf course. Cortez and Paula roll around on the astroturf beneath a windmill with a giant purple stuffed hippo sitting by them as Lucille putts. Chip watches, looking for tips as they make out. Reveal a bored family waiting for their turn. Interior, Funzie's Castle Palace, photo booth. The four friends pose together for a few shots. On the last shot, we freeze frame. Cut to exterior, Shapatok River, Wyoming, 1875, day. Chiron, Wyoming, 1875, a river in the woods. A flash of blue. Bill, Ted, Cleo, and Eric appear in a picturesque setting. In the distance, we see a female cowboy sifting for gold. Cleo and Eric are in their own PDA world. They hold hands as Cleo nibbles on Eric's ear and caresses his beard. Ted, annoyed, signals for them to stay put. Just stay here. We'll be right back. Stay here. As Ted and Bill move towards the stream, we see Cleo and Eric meander off behind some bushes in the background. The cowboy takes a swig from a bottle of JD and tosses it into a nearby rock, scaring her horse. This is none other than Calamity Jane. Might be funny to beep her out for a PG-13 rating. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm do this as my best Calamity Jane from Deadwood. Oh, hell right. yeah. Gold! Gold! Mother effing cocksucker! Where the F's of the dick ass gold? Taint here, that's for sure! Pardon me? <laughs> she spins around and draws her gun at the guys. They quickly put their hands up. Whoa, whoa wait, wait, we're, we're friends. Y yes, ma'am. Ma'am? Ha! <laughs> that's a fine hot crock of shit. I ain't no ma'am, and I ain't taking no pardon from no one know how. Martha Jane. Friends call me Calamity. Tell you right at the get-go, if you're thinking of putting a fast one on me, you can bet your mama's crotch you'll lose. I'll wear your dick skin on my boots and dance a jig before... Hold on. What the hell in damnation was I saying? I don't want to repeat it. Anyhow, seeing as I'm half drunk and you're probably a hallucination... I'm gonna hit the hay over by the pile of crap my horse, Bessie, just laid. 
The heat keeps me warm at night. Shh. Wait. Shut it. You hear that? Shit. Those B-tart outlaws are coming for me. Calamity glances around, paranoid. Bill makes the too-much-to-drink gesture to Ted, who nods, agreeing. Fast as lightning, Calamity turns and fires into the distance as she runs to take cover behind a boulder. A man screams, and a horse runs out from the brush. Gunshots are fired back. Bill and Ted scream as they duck behind the boulder. Calamity grabs a shotgun leaning against the rock and a six-shooter from her ankle holster and hands them to Bill and Ted. Make yourselves useful, you lily livers! Woohoo! Calamity pops out and shoots as three men on horseback appear in the distance. Bill and Ted duck as they hear another shot. Give it up, Calamity. Why don't you trot your pansy ass over here and make me? No, no trotting. Don't ask for the trot back here. Yeah, those dudes are scary. That one guy has a scar on his face. (laughs) More shots ricochet off the rocks. Yeah, I gave it to him. Uh, More shots. Calamity returns fire. I don't want to die, Bill. Oh, man, Ted. I don't either. Not in the Old West. Not like this. Bill bites his lower lip and sucks in a few times, whimpering. (laughs) Calamity grabs them both by the shirts. Listen up. We're all going to die here if you... Let the friggin' fear get you. Now man up. Wow, that was fucking amazing. That was good read. <laughs> it, got, it got better than the previous one. That shit was fucking yeah. spot on. Thanks, guys. Good read. That's fucking good, dude. Calamity stands up and fires as she runs to a nearby tree for cover. Bill and Ted eye their guns. What are we supposed to do now? Bang, another shot is fired. Man up. Calamity shoots again. The three men ride closer and dismount. Calamity tries to fire. She's out of ammo. She turns to reach for more bullets, but a gun is being held next to her face. Two more outlaws stand next to her. Not so fast, Calamity Jane. Bill and Ted continue to hide out of view as Calamity raises her hands. Bill and Ted whimper. Crap, crap. What, now what? angle on Calamity, now surrounded. Looky what I found here. Angle on the outlaw, walking a disheveled Cleo and Eric out at gunpoint. He holds Eric's Eric's sword in his other hand. These yours? Found them doing... Oh, sorry. Found them doing it like jackrabbits in the bushes. They have Cleo and Eric. Looks like it's time for you and your pals to meet your maker, Janie. Angle back on Bill and Ted, taking deep breaths and trying to muster the courage they need. We have to save them. It's just like a game of Halo. It's just like Halo. It's just like Halo. Right. Okay. Man up. Man up. No, I've never played Halo, but it seems to me as if that bit of script was written by someone who also has never played Halo. It was written by somebody who is trying to relate to the kids in 2007. What's the most popular game? Halo, deal, done. (laughs) It's like that shooty game you guys play. This is 
This is the furthest from fucking Halo you can get. <laughs> a Wild West shooter. Yeah. Bill and Ted rise in slow-mo. Ted's face shows no fear. Bill goes white and freezes. Ted carefully aims and fires. The gun drawn on Calamity flies right out of the outlaw's hand. Bang! Bang! In rapid succession, each of the outlaw's guns is shot out of his hands. Bang! Eric's sword drops. He swats the guy, knocking him out. Picks up his sword, readies to fight. Bang! An outlaw's hat flies off his head. Bang! One more shot pierces through the side of an outlaw's belt, sending his pants to his knees, revealing his underwear. Cleo takes the pants, or Cleo takes the opportunity to kick an outlaw in the balls. He doubles over in pain. Ted looks over at Bill, eyes closed and gun in hand. Did we do it? Yeah, Bill. It's okay. Ted no. places his hand on Bill's shoulder. Bill slowly opens his eyes and regains his color. The outlaws stand, stunned. Calamity takes a moment to knock out the outlaw closest to her. The other outlaws take off running. Calamity laughs. <laughs> That's right, you gutless ball sacks. You run on home and suck on your mama's titties. Tell her Calamity says, yeehaw! <laughs> Bill and Ted walk up. Eric gives Ted a hearty pat on the shoulder. Calamity grabs him and hugs the hell out of him. Oh, God. Wow. That was some fancy shooting. Thanks. Ted tips his hat with his gun and blows the smoke from the tip of the barrel. Bill is a little embarrassed. Um, you might want to actually check my gun. I, I think it's like stuck or, or maybe there's like dirt or, or, or gravel in there or something. Bill accidentally fires a shot into the ground. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, fixed it. <laughs> yeah. Calamity, will you come with us to help us pass the 10th grade? I owe you, so whatever that means, I'm in. Sweet. Eric's stomach growls as he looks around sheepishly. I feel you. Taking down outlaws makes a man hungry. Use a nice side of ribs myself. Yeah, I'm starving, Marvin. I will take us to the most sacred of holy grails. Ted dials, <laughs> and they vanish in a flash of blue. Exterior, Circle K, somewhere in time. Night. Nice. Nice callback to the original. Necessary. <laughs> required. Nice. Strange things are afoot. I say that shit all the time. There's a Circle it's K right next it. to my place now. So right. Like it, it changed. <laughs> Bill, Ted, and the gang appear in the parking lot. Behold, the Circle K. <laughs> An enchanting mistress, is she not? A couple exits the Circle K. The guy wears a denim jacket. A pair of Z Cavaricis and Nike high tops. His chubby girlfriend wears her hair in a side ponytail, a gross Cosby style sweater and leg warmers. Something isn't quite right. 80s girlfriend is her name. Well, if Steffi is there tonight, I am totally going to hurl all over her face. <laughs> Ted holds the door open as the gang enters. That'd be most excellent. 
That's the 80s boyfriend. The couple looks at the motley crew as they pass. Bill and Ted exchange a look after seeing the couple's outfits. Bill spots a newspaper, picks it up, and holds it up to Ted's face before entering. The rest of the gang is now in the store. 1988. They watch the couple hop into their metallic blue Firebird. Huh? Bam! The guys are pummeled by a shadowy figure and hurled behind a set of bushes. It's Rufus. What in Santa Maria de la Hoya are you two doing at the Circle K? Bill and Ted are in shock. Rufus holds them down. Uh... Hi, Rufus. We're great. How are you? Rufus, sporting board shorts, a tank top, and zinc on his nose, holds a bottle of baby oil. He speaks in intense whispers. Not good. There I was minding my own business at Quesadilla Cove, about to get oiled up by baby Jasmine, by my baby Jasmine, and my alarm goes off. You two are traveling in a restricted zone. We needed snacks. What's the big D? The big D. The big D is that the phone takes you to red letter dates. This is a very important date in the time at at the San Dimas Circle K that you never travel to. That you are never to travel to. Never. Time travel paradox number 39. In the background, we see a flash of lights. Crap. Rufus shoves the guys behind the bushes even further. He's here. Who? Rufus. Um, we know. Not me, Rufus. Him, Rufus. Rufus points. From their POV, from their POV, we see the familiar scene from the original Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure where the guys get the phone booth from the original Rufus. I don't get it. Who is that? That is another Rufus, and those two guys are other Bill and Ted's. Wait. What? Ted, saying what we're all thinking. (laughs) Rufus holds up a finger, then picks up a rock and uses it to draw a series of intersecting lines on the pavement. He makes two dots along one line. This line is your time. The top is the future, the bottom is the past. These dots are Bill and Ted. Draws another dot. And this dot is me. Wait, why is your dot bigger than mine? Rufus moves over to another line. Because I'm sexier. Now, follow me. This line is another universe. A parallel dimension. There is a Bill and Ted here. A Rufus here. Moving to another line, drawing three more dots. In this dimension, there's another Bill, another Ted, and another Rufus. Maybe in this one, we're all giant talking chickens who eat spicy human sandwiches. Who knows? Wait, we turn into chickens? In another universe, you are chickens. The point is, the San Dimas Circle K is the center of the universe, of all space and time, everything. Rufus draws a giant circle at the intersection of the lines. They all intersect here, and you two have stumbled upon another Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted's eyes light up. That's so cool. Let's go say hi. Which one's me? The two rise and are quickly pummeled again by Rufus. Bill and Ted's must never meet. A huge no-no in interdimensional travel. You could damage entire universes and yours. Their entire universe and yours. 
It could cause a ripple effect spreading across all universes. That sounds bad. The moochoist kind of bad. They'll be gone soon anyway. Just hold on. Where are they going? They are about to embark on their mission to save their universe. Their band, Wild Stallions, is the future of their world, just like Atomic Gorilla is the future of ours. Wild Stallions, huh? Wonder if they're any good. Bill and Ted try and sneak a peek. Insert shot. Original Bill and Ted vanish in the phone booth. Rufus stands and gives the guys a hand up. Now keep moving. The fate of our universe rests in your hands. Your presentation is tomorrow. Later, homies. He holds up a hand, and in a flash of blue, he's gone. Well, that wasn't as good as Rick and Morty. (laughs) He is Rick and Morty. I'm Mr. Meeseeks. Look at me. (laughs) Interior, Circle K, moments later. Bill and Ted walk in. The gang fills their baskets with snacks. Bill runs for the Slurpee machine. Ted smiles proudly at the gang and addresses them. Awesome, right? In America, when we go on road trips, we eat snack food. Snack food. The group repeats, snack food. Angle on Bill, who has a bag of chips dangling from his mouth and an armful of treats filling up a large blue Slurpee while holding the phone in his hand. The Slurpee fills up, and he naturally lets go of the handle to grab a cover for the drink. His eyes go wide as he watches the phone drop right into the Slurpee. He quickly looks... Okay, so dropping the time machine in a Slurpee is a thing they could not do in the original movie. Yeah, that is, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, but they bent, they bent the antenna. That was how they fucked it up. They bit the antenna on the phone booth. I mean, I mean. (laughs) Sorry. He quickly looks around to see if anyone saw as he picks the phone out and wipes it off with a bunch of napkins. He brushes it against his pants, puts it in his pocket, and walks toward the group. They all place their stuff on the counter. The stoner cashier stares. Eric slams down a few two liters, a six pack, and a basket he's filled with bunless hot dogs and fried chicken and that'll do us i assume you take discover my good sir they pay for the treats there is an awkward beat uh you got the phone me yeah (laughs) yeah i have the phone it's in my pocket uh why wouldn't i have the phone what's wrong with it okay you want to dial yeah, yeah, yeah. Just didn't know if, you know, anyone needed to use the bathroom, grab some scratch-offs, uh, or the tiny wrench. Uh, anyone need a tiny wrench? He holds up a tiny wrench. Everyone stares at him oddly. I think we're all good, Bill. We should probably keep moving. Okay, yes. <laughs> You're right. So, I will dial. Bill reaches into his pocket and rubs the phone a few times before pulling it out. Now, I, I, I'll dial now. I really want Ted to just say whoa once. You get no woes. He opens the phone as he does a silent please, please prayer and dials. 
The blue flash appears, and unbeknownst to the gang, the bubble is already starting to malfunction and crackles once before appearing stable. They're gone. The cashier looks around to see if anyone else saw that. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. There you go. Hey, they said it. Wrap it up, everybody. Interior, bubble, continuous. The gang, squished together in the bubble, eat and share their snacks while flying through space-time. Interior, Ted's house, living room, Sunday morning. Cryon. Chiron, Ted's living room, San Dimas, Sunday morning, 10-ish. Chip and Cortez, in full-on dork headsets and pajamas, play Halo 3. They smack talk with some 12-year-olds on Xbox Live. Suck my sticky grenade, Jagoff. Yeah, eh, sticky. Tez, grab the sword. Yes, yes, you, you rock with that. Ha 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 ha, suck that, yes? Chip and Cortez high-five their victory. Cortez's ears perk up as he hears voices from outside. He gets up to take a look. Through the bay window, he sees a group of guys playing soccer in the park across the street. He is intrigued. It's soccer. Soccer. Yeah, go ahead. They'll let you play. Make some friends. I'll watch from here. Cortez exits. Happily. Chip continues playing, yelling into his headset. Eat me. Yeah, because you suck. Interior. Florence Studio. 1503. Day. A simple artist's workshop. The statue of David stands. A work in progress. A flash of blue as the bubble appears and reveals our gang, who are instantly impressed by the David. Bill and Ted are sincerely appreciating this work of art. Wow. Yeah, I'm not into dudes, but that's friggin' amazing. Michelangelo Buonarotti enters. Oh, so are they just doing, like, someone similar to everyone in the movie without using any of the same historical figures? Yeah, like art. I don't know who they got for math. Uh, I don't know what Calamity Jane was there for. <laughs> but they're all supposed to do like a different presentation they can make. <clears throat> hey, Jacosify. Pasta Fazul, Macaroni, Tony Soprano. We come in peace, oh. Che cosa? Io non capisco. Atata, Michelangelo. That is awesome. <laughs> Ted kisses his hand a couple of times and makes the mwah sound. Mwah, mwah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Michelangelo smiles. Grazie, grazie. <laughs> Ain't much to see in the front, but that is one tasty looking peach. <laughs> Calamity reaches up Dude, for a feel. Tasty peach. <laughs> Eric gives Calamity's a grab while Cleo's not looking. Calamity looks at him, pissed. He raises his eyebrows in rapid succession and grunts, his hand still on her ass. Yeah, right, you overgrown perv. Calamity rips his hand off her ass and twists his arm. 
He screams in pain, but he likes it. He goes in for a kiss, and she knocks him one across the face. Guys, come on. What are you? Eric shakes it off and grabs her hands. They wrestle, Eric clearly trying to get a smooch. Cleo steams. Someone is after her man. Smetila, no, no. Cleo grabs a, spa- a piece of canvas frame and rushes toward them. Cleo, don't do that. Cleo swats at Calamity with the frame. Calamity grabs it. Fine. You want trouble? You come to the right bitch. Calamity splits the frame in two. Cleo pulls Calamity's hair while Calamity tries to slap Cleo off. It turns into an all-out brawl. Bill and Ted try and stop them, but get pushed aside. Michelangelo tries to get in the middle of the fight, but gets flicked aside by Eric, who is now enjoying the show. Ted. Oh, my bad. Where am I? Guys, stop it. Ted tries to pull Calamity off Cleo, but gets pushed right into a small sculpture on a pedestal that rocks back and forth. Ted steadies it, a sigh of relief when it doesn't fall over. Calamity gets Cleo off her. She rolls up her sleeves and winds up, headbutts Eric, sending him back into the David. It starts to wobble and teeters. Michelangelo screams. The fighting comes to a stop as everyone stares. Oops! Oh no! Bill and Ted run toward the statue as it falls and catch it just before it hits the ground. The two stand, holding the statue, crouching beneath its weight, trying to keep it up. Heavy, heavy, heavy! Push! Oh god, I'm holding the dong. I'm holding Italian dong. Can't move. Eric, help! Dong! (laughs) (laughs) Eric runs over and swiftly lifts the statue back into its standing position. Michelangelo breathes a sigh of relief. Pazzo, sette tutti pazzi! Yeah, yeah, pazzi. You have have to come with us. Uh, Indie bubble, C-R-O. Eh? Bubble? Bill, dial. No time to argue. Let's just snag him. You're coming with us. Calamari, Ungat. Bill dials. Flash of blue. They are all in the bubble. As it stabilizes, a few electric sparks shoot out. They disappear. Fade out. Got another cliffhanger. Man, you're so good at that. I'm the best. Bobbity boopy. Man, we are crushing this script. Oh, what page are we on? 61. 61. Oh my God. We're more than halfway in only two episodes. (laughs) That's what happens when we, when we get to read two. (laughs) Yeah, there's lots of direction in this last part, and I don't like it. I want more Bill and Ted back and forth. No, just talking back and forth, ad-libbing and stuff. That's kind of the, the key to this one. Also, uh, a 103-page page script. Uh, wh- what were they making this for? Wh- I, I mean, don't know. It's like straight to DVD or like a TV movie even. 
sure. I mean, I don't know how much they were putting they were gonna put into this. There's a lot of like one-off hippie jokes and shit that that, that definitely scream like TV movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like a I love, Kevin Smith movie. I love that they like. Yeah. I love that they went like full on Deadwood calamity with the dialogue. And she's all like, "You cocksuckers!" You did that, dude. Your calamity is fucking amazing. Like it, you like you like you like game. do this thing where like you kick your chin back and you're like talking out the sides and the front of your mouth. It's fucking amazing. Like. <laughs> Her performance was amazing. I'm just trying yeah. to do my best to like get in that space and talk, you know, through through the nose the way she does. Fuck. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, the written dialogue, like they just yeah. like were like, we're, she's gonna say cock, she's gonna say like all this shit, and like beep it if you want it PG-13, I guess. But we're writing it. Because David Milch has uh, given us the definitive Calamity Jane, I guess, for a generation. Yeah, it's supposed to be one, 2007. Um, Josh, where can people find you on the internet? If you guys are in the Atlanta area and you need some uh, some videography or photography done, you can reach me at joshuajbaker.com or send me an email directly, josh, J-O-S-H, at joshuajbaker.com. <gasps> Um, if you're wondering why I never asked Jeff, it's because Jeff doesn't do shit on the internet except for this podcast. This is it. This is my one stake in the ground. And as for me, I do this podcast as well. Uh, you can find everything about the podcast at tablereadspodcast.com. If you're on YouTube, there's also a link on the screen right now. Uh, for our link tree where you can go and get links to everything there is or if you just go to tablereadspodcast.com you'll find absolutely everything you need to there including these scripts that you can download and read and a link to our Patreon where you should sign up and be a subscriber because there are a lot of great benefits which you'll find if you go to the Patreon page which you can find at the link tree or at tablereadspodcast.com uh, we will be back in two weeks for, I don't know, maybe the last part of this. This might be the quickest script we ever do. Uh, if not, um, you know, it'll be four episodes tops, I think. What do you think? What do you yeah. guys think? No, absolutely four. And we'll be stretching that fourth one out into a lot of thoughts. Oh, yeah. We'll have to have a, a post-mortem because that fourth one's going to be pretty short otherwise. Yeah. That's it for us. Um, everybody... Go out there, be safe, wear your fucking masks, people. God damn it. I'm never going to have these guys in the room with me again if you all don't wear your fucking masks. True. You you people are making this show worse. You stop it. It's <laughs> true, and we don't need any help. We've got the bad part covered. Yeah. So that's it for us. We'll see you in two weeks, and uh, until then... We'll miss you. This podcast was created by Sean McBee. For more, visit TableReadsPodcast.com. Cut to black.